Hey listeners, I'm Trey. And this is Dean. Along with EY. Welcome to Pocast. Reviewing films with New Orleans flavor. But I will say <laughs> that leading up to watching this movie, I kept in my head switching it up with the movie Enough with Jennifer Lopez. They I don't know if similar. I've seen Enough. It's not... You know what? I think I did. I think I saw that a really long time ago. Yeah, the it's, same it's the one where she has like though. the abusive husband. Yes, it's it. It's similar in that like she, except she's the one who like disappears with her kid because the husband's abusive, and then eventually he finds her. So she basically stages it to look like he attacked her, and she kills him in self defense. Spoiler alert. Ooh, I didn't remember that. It's been a while. It's been a hot minute since I've seen that movie. But like, I kept forgetting if double jeopardy was that movie or this one i don't know i i mean double jeopardy at least for me uh was one of those movies that i heard about decent amount just like from here and there it come up in a random discussion or something like that but i've never actually sat down and watched it myself until uh this evening uh this was my first time seeing the movie yeah i saw it a long time ago i don't think i saw it like when it came out but i definitely saw it uh, at least 10 years ago uh, yeah, yeah i saw it i remember i i had to have been young because i i never watched it again because in my mind i was like okay well i know the spoiler uh what's the point of re-watching it but re-watching it this time around i was like you know what it's a really fucking good movie going rotten tomatoes it has a pretty bad rotten score it's like a 24 percent, but it has a decent audience score kind of everywhere else like imdb google reviews it was relatively popular it made a, a over a hundred million dollars i think at the at the box office mm-hmm. yeah um, which is such a huge surprise because so like the casting choices of like tommy lee jones as alex trebek and ashley judd as vanna <laughs> white i was like, really surprised <laughs> by that that's the wrong game show trey is it <laughs> <laughs> you went I... wheel of fortune oh damn yeah. I, mean, I was going to say, right. yeah, Trebek was right. I was wondering, like, that was my first thought, specifically with the, the SNL version of, of Jeopardy and, uh, mm. <laughs> you know, Will Ferrell is Trebek. Who is it? Daryl Harmon did uh, Sean Connery. Uh, yeah, still yeah. one of the greatest really, SNL and truly. series ever. Yeah, so I was honestly wondering if anyone was going to bring up or make a, a Jeopardy joke. And I guess, Trey, you sort of did it, but failed. You got like a somewhat. 50 there. Yeah, you got a, a good 50-50. But this was definitely one of those movies that I felt started really strong and then just faltered towards the the end, or in this case, to me, the middle and the end. But it's, so it's Ashley Judd. Oh my god, I'm forgetting his name. Ryan uh, Greenwood, the Bruce youngest Greenwood. Bruce Greenwood, the youngest I have ever seen him or Tommy yeah. Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones had hair. Well, look, okay, I was going to say Tommy Lee Jones, but that man has just he had to have been born a grumpy old man because when he <laughs> I like I knew he was in this movie, but when he finally popped up, I was like he hasn't aged in a long time, like yeah, except yeah. for the hair. Like, we we watched Into Electric the Electric Mist. Mist, and that was like a 20, or not a 20-year, maybe like a 10-year difference, 10, 15-year difference. And I was like, oh my god, he was like, he looks exactly the same as he's 
you know, looked in like Men in Black and and Men in Black Two, No Country for Old Men, and Men, Men in Black, Black Two is just like well, he has the possible. Benjamin Button disease, <laughs> so really, he's only in his thirties right now. <laughs> Something we like just that. Have I don't Tommy know. Tommy Lee Jones forever. <laughs> I I would love it. I can't say. I mean, this was a better performance than Into the Electric Mist. Oh, absolutely. But he he wasn't used to his his fullest. But you have Ashley Judd, who is plays Libby, who's married to Bruce Green Greenwood, and he played Batman. You know, did he? Yeah, he voiced Batman in oh, well, Under the oh. it, oh, Don't Trey, give it up. Come oh. on, you can't say. Yeah, <laughs> Dean had the perfect reaction there. Oh, uh, uh, Trey, you a... can't say someone played someone and and voiced. Yes, uh, I can. The only exception is Mark Hamill as the Joker. Yeah, uh, Bruce yeah. Greenwood and the, the Trickster played the played <laughs> Batman in Under the Red Hood. So okay. This is going to be such an off-topic discussion, I'm sure. Um, you bringing up Batman and all this, Just but saying, uh, that's two Batman movies we've we've reviewed now. What was I trying to say? Libby <laughs> is accused of killing her husband Nick, and then you know the. I feel like this movie just spoils itself because the double jeopardy is that no surprise Nick faked his death to i think i what get out of he was being investigated for, for embezzling embezzlement mm-hmm. money and i i really like the first part of this movie because they they set up their relationship you know the opening scene kind of gives you a really good idea of of who these people are he fakes his his death on a yacht or i don't yeah it was it was something like that i felt like that part was a little convoluted a yes. lot of it was as, <laughs> oh as yeah a, it as was a woman who loves true crime it was it was a it was a lot it was a little much yeah yeah it was like a full blown like almost freddy or jason it, it looked type like a chainsaw movie. massacre happened yeah. on the boat with her mm-hmm. sleeping in a bathrobe uh-huh. completely not waking up during it which i assume she was like drugged well, yeah, she says later wine, that she was drinking, that well, she had a, some wine, and it was she the sun. was, and, and that's what I was thinking, but it's Bruce Greenwood's character that introduces the wine. So mm-hmm. I figured, oh, he probably drugged her. Yeah. Probably, yeah. I, I mean, could see that. Through, I didn't think about it. Yeah. To sleep through all the stuff that he had, had he would have had to have done to set this up. Not only that, but they they played in the courtroom. He made a distress mm-hmm. call. Like, she slept through that entire thing. There was just no way. But also, I don't think there would have been enough evidence to convict her. Because, and so I was, I was like, okay, we'll take this with a grain of salt. But yeah, like there was just blood and yeah, Coast Guard found her holding a knife, but she was obviously like out of her mind, like what's going on? And when he does make the distress call, he says he's been stabbed, but never said that as well. If he had, if he had been like, my wife stabbed me. Okay. Well, well, that's one thing. But, and they also never actually explained how he did it, how he got off the boat. No, also. There was no explanation. Yeah, like, and I'll say it, I'll say it right now, that was my biggest issue with this whole movie, is there's a lot of stuff like that, where you can, (laughs) you can stretch, like, you can stretch your disbelief a little bit, you can suspend Mm -hmm. your disbelief a little bit, but it all, there's so much of it that, like, adds up that at some point you're just like, okay, this doesn't make sense, like, you're talking about, like, there wasn't enough evidence to convict her, just the courtroom scene alone, that lawyer 
and pardon my French, was such a bitch. <laughs> like to the point that if Fair, I was on the yeah. jury, I'd be like, I don't care what evidence this has. This lawyer is clearly bad at her job. <laughs> like at some point, she's like, "Did aliens come on the ship and kill your husband? Like, are you taking this seriously?" Like, it it was just it was such a bad lawyer performance. Yeah, although I mean, honestly, though, I have seen it before. It, you know, they're trying to convince the jury that what she's saying is stupid and so that's how they do it i mean it's kind of like how you take digs at other people you know yeah but like taking a dig get it taking a dig at (laughs) taking a dig at someone is like completely different from trying to convince 12 people that a mourning wife and mother who is like visibly sobbing on the stand to make her look like the bad guy when you're just being a total dick to her and I think mostly because the the court scene is what maybe like a thirty three to five minute scene, if that. Yeah. It's very they don't spend a lot of time. No evidence except for the setting knife. up. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and you know, she's holding the knife, so her fingerprints are on it. You know, Which that's when you find that, out but... there's a distress call. Again, like you brought up, it has very limited information. Just that he's been stabbed. Uh, no mention of the wife or, or anything like that. But I think because it was such a short scene, they had to play it out like that. They had to kind of be a little on the nose or um, I'm trying to think of the right phrasing for it, but over the top yeah. with with the defense or the prosecutor, or whichever one is, is which. But I enjoyed that setup. The murder part was definitely over the top the courtroom scene was over the top i enjoyed the prison stuff everything in this movie requires some suspension of disbelief because you know she happens to befriend i think someone who killed their husband and then someone who happened to have been a lawyer i mean everyone was a lawyer in this movie because well no it was tommy lee jones character was she was a lawyer who killed her husband so it's kind of, you know, and then she happens to track down where her son is at the perfect time uh, in San Francisco where her son was taken with Nick, who, again, was supposed to be murdered, happens to walk through the door as she's on the phone with her son and her son's like, daddy, and mm-hmm. immediately the line gets disconnected. A lot happens that you're kind of like, it's all by chance which it's a movie it has to work that way but i felt like after all of that this is where the movie kind of went downhill especially specifically the fairy scene tommy lee jones runs a uh i don't know what would you call it like a halfway halfway house house? like a halfway probation house yeah yeah he's a probation officer which i actually have another question about that and this one this definitely like you said tommy lee jones definitely not wasted but not used to his full potential i think Mm -hmm. in this role but like my first question with that was that this is clearly a probation house for women and this was in 1999 and i'm finding it hard to believe now i could be totally wrong but i'm finding it hard to believe that they would put a man in charge of an all women's probation house yeah like that seemed at the very least inappropriate by those by, by that time standards and that just I actually kind of don't know to be honest. Neither do it I. Like I don't know for sure. It just it was something I questioned. It didn't seem abnormal to me. Like I didn't think about it. So, but honestly, I'm not sure. I don't have experience in halfway houses. So 
I mean, my yeah. my only experience is just from watching Orange is the New Black, but even they have <laughs> male guards in the female <laughs> prison, so I don't know. But that was also in, like, what, 2017? Yeah. So things could change. But, like, back then in, you know, ye old 1999, they were, as far as I can think of, it seemed they were a little more traditional or cautious about stuff like that. So it just, I don't it know. seemed I, I, yeah, I'm sure there's some sort of, especially just from a legal standpoint, you would yeah. probably want a, a female authoritative figure to be present in those or situations. Or there as well. Social workers, like something. Libby runs off and breaks into Her a preschool to, to get records on where her son is that at this point because leaves her fingerprints everywhere well i mean the cops come immediately after she breaks into i thought of that and i figured it might have been an alarm i i figured because they even they're like security guards i know they were cops because it was the sheriff from the beginning who Mm. came to arrest her and they even say when they get there i bet it was a raccoon and then this is like the breaking point for me where i just this movie kind of lost me because At this point, she kind of goes on a rampage. You know, two officers potentially could have died. I mean, they they crash their vehicle into a sand dune on a beach and flip, immediately get out of the Jeep unharmed, arrest her. Tommy Lee Jones' character, uh, what's his name, Travis? Leon, or Leon, Travis Leon. Comes and, and picks her up to... I don't know if he was going to give her a second chance. I don't think so. Oh, yeah. Um, he was just taking her back. Taking to her Seattle. back. Yeah. To, what did you say, Seattle? To jail. To mainland Seattle. So they get on this ferry and he handcuffs her in the car using, handcuffs. well, I guess the outside door handle for whatever reason. And this is where it's like she just goes on a somewhat minor rampage from this point through the rest of the movie because she pushes one car off the ferry which no one notices into the ocean or lake or, or whatever it was um she backs into another car repeatedly about two or three times that no one hears <laughs> and she's doing all of this because she's trying to hit the door handle on a pipe that happens to be close enough to to break free her and her and Travis get into a scuffle where she steals his gun after they uh, fall into the river. After or, they like, fall into the river with his car, whatever. he saves her and she she bashes him over the head with a gun as he's in the lake. Potentially now the ferry, you know, workers, whatever you want to call them, threw lifesavers overboard and and tried to help them, but I mean this potentially could have been another murder she didn't really know she kind of somewhat knocked him out could have killed him and then this like kind of reckless overly reckless behavior just happens throughout the rest of the movie Uh, especially to innocent no i was just gonna say to especially to like other people's like vehicles like that seems to be her thing is (laughs) crashing into vehicles because poor tommy lee jones at another point gets his his car completely smashed and rolled over i just i felt like at this point like her drive to find out what happened to her kid while i understand 
and I understand the whole double jeopardy thing, but she's breaking a lot of other laws. I mean, well, she, I mean didn't have, she didn't have this. a plan to kill him again. When she finally does find him, she says she just wants the kid. She says she will disappear. She doesn't care. She just wants her son. Mm-hmm. I do agree that the fairy scene was outlandish. They could have written a hundred different ways for her to escape him in mm-hmm. a more reasonable manner. It seemed unnecessary, and it did kind of throw you off, because I did think the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie, really great, but it was it was so fast-paced. They they were like, we have so much stuff to fit in, and we got to fit in, in in this amount of time, and let's go, 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 go. But I do think that fairy scene was ridiculous. Yeah, I agree about the pacing. That was, that was one of the other things, especially in the beginning, and I'm actually on the opposite of you, UI. Like, I... Like the very beginning from just the beginning of the movie to until she like goes to school and starts her escape trying to find her son, Matt, I thought the pacing was just really off and it was just really fast. It was just really, it was too fast trying to set everything up and like information wasn't given at the appropriate time to really follow along like how long she was in prison or we like we know that well, she I was think in it was prison. six years. I yeah, she they, was in prison yeah. for six years, but we never knew how long she was supposed to be in prison. Because oh, in six yeah, years like she sentence, got off on yeah. parole, uh, but yeah. we never knew how long. And again, I I don't know the law, obviously, but it, six years seems like not a lot of time for a convicted murderer who was denied bail and like was you know seen as this very violent woman. All of a sudden, that just like things like that just seemed off whereas when she actually got on the trail of like tracking down her husband is actually when i started to become a little bit more interested just seeing like what the next step was even if uh, even if the steps were somewhat easy to find and to follow along with but faster internet than there really was during that time (laughs) yeah also you know hey you know what still creepers and libraries definitely (laughs) authentic nothing changes but i also there was something they also introduced and it was is something they started to show in the on the fairy scene is tommy lee jones's drinking problem which is apparently just a thing Mm. for him when he's a Mm -hmm. cop is he drinks oh yeah yeah explains his his grumpiness yeah and it explains you know how this is a prequel to in the electric mist and it's a whole thing the thing that bugged me is that like we mentioned that she gets away because she 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 he, he handcuffs her to the car and then she gets away that way but i feel like as like a parole officer kind of like a mini cop or at least a mini babysitter cop like him just leaving her there was the first big mistake and then oh, it's yeah. shown that he's going to like get coffee and then like pour his alcohol into it. But the thing is, from the very beginning that we meet him, he's such a by the book strict person that the drinking habit possibly impairing his judgment of like leaving her there or just not being the most competent cop in the world, losing his gun, all this other stuff didn't really fit for me. You know, but had um, we like had we seen that just a little bit in Tiny Lee Jones's performance as mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote, a drunk could explain a lot of the just kind of sloppy police work done by him throughout the rest of the movie up until the end of the movie. Yeah, I mean, he is hot on her tail most of the time. Yeah, but she always gets away, and he's all like he's always one step behind. But then even you know at the end when he eventually tracks her to New Orleans because she tracks her husband to New Orleans. Like, he meets her husband, like, Mm -hmm. full-on meets her husband before even she does, 
or no, it was actually right after uh, she yeah. does. But it bugged me because I feel like if he'd done even just a cursory glance at her at her case, like even just looking at the newspaper headline of like her killing her husband, he would have seen his picture already. Yeah. So when he meet him, he would have recognized him, and that but bugged I think me. That was kind of the that point, he did. though. He was a shitty parole officer. But he wasn't, you know, though. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he was when it came to what was happening in his house. You followed the rules to the book. But he didn't really care about those women. He didn't care what they were there for. He was getting paid to watch over them and to make sure they were on the right track. He didn't really He didn't really care about who they were. Oh, no. I'm not saying he cared about, like, f- like finding out if she was right or not. I'm just saying, like, he's tracking her down. He knows what she's trying to do. She's trying to go off on this crazy story about mm-hmm. her husband faking, her de- faking his death. Like, I feel like just trying to like figure her out to figure out where she's going to go next what she's going to do next he would have seen his picture at least once he does get it together eventually eventually yeah and does look to specifically looks for his driver's license to see his picture which is the wrong picture because i guess it's explained away that they only sent him the first picture of six yeah, like they didn't just they send s- him all six. No, <laughs> faxes were even slower then. No, yeah, there were six with the same name, and they just sent him the first one on the list. Yeah, that that was just another one that I was like, that that's just sloppy. Please, well, yeah. <laughs> so you have Nick, who has faked his death, and for whatever reason is running a a hotel in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Money, so. Oh, this is where I really kind of, and, and maybe it's just a strong word, but I really started to hate this movie because you have someone who went through all of this to fake their death, to get out of being investigated for embezzling money. Why would you still be in the same country? Like, why... You know, not only be in the same country, but do nothing to cover up the fact that you are you besides changing your name. And also being in a position where his face was clearly in the spotlight. Yeah, Yeah. he was like a well-known, you know, somewhat popular guy still doing some type of fundraising and and charities. And and it was what, like a bachelor's auction that he was a part of that... It was obvious it wasn't his first time doing it, so yeah. he had been doing it, I think, the timeline they gave around two to three years three in years. New Orleans. I think like, it's part of his narcissism. He got away with not murder, but, I mean, but his I wife just, is supposedly in jail for any, his death. Anyone could pull up a police report or his driver's license photo, or I'm sure... The way, you know, the opening scene of this movie played out, he was relatively well-known and and popular. I'm sure his photo would have been in some sort of public obituary or something like that. So it just, it felt like the fact that they were were solely relying on a driver's license photo. And then I thought when they sent the photo of some other random dude who happened to have his same name, like I thought... It was maybe something he did, like yeah. he paid someone off somewhere along mm-hmm. the line. But no, it just it ended up being this stupid reason of oh, there's six people with the same name, or that he like town. killed the original Nick Parsons and took his identity. 
Yeah, yeah something. That would have been smart. But, um, that, I mean, I think you do have to think this is 1999. The internet is still sort of a new thing. We don't – they didn't have information at the tip of their fingers like we do now. I think it was more probable and more realistic then. Now, no, not sure. at all. But oh, yeah, I in think, the age of social media, yeah, yeah this movie would have been – I think you – Solved I think in an it's instant. a mix of his narcissism and the fact that it would have taken quite a bit of digging. He he can't resist the spotlight. He can't he can't stay out of it. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I just I wish there yeah I wish we had seen more of Nick's character like before he got or before he faked his death. Like was mm-hmm. he always this con man or did he just decide hey I'm gonna fake my death and do this thing. Well, so that's like another thing. So you go from he was obviously kind of a corporate, what is it, white collar crime of embezzling money to faking his own death, setting up his own wife, killing off the his new girlfriend, his new girlfriend, and then potentially killing his wife again for real. They, you know, meet up to supposedly for her to meet her her son Maddie, who this kid I guess is a random kid on the street who he yeah. Yeah. who he paid off who's now an accessory to murder. It just it was such a jump of like you know, I can understand embezzling money. Same. But to immediately jump to setting your wife up for murder. So I don't think it was a just, jump though. But th- I think that's what Trey's saying though. Like it just didn't seem like there was enough there prior to to know that, like, I think maybe if they had some other scenes, maybe of him actually at his job being a dick to people and being real cutthroat. But and then you then have the, the opening surprise scene of with... him setting her up wouldn't have been as much as a surprise. You find out he's a shitty person after she's in jail already. Like, that's true. So well, before my problem, he looks though... like a nice guy, but apparently he'd been embezzling from his company. He'd been sleeping with his wife's best friend. He planned with his wife's best friend. To have all this happen, get a life insurance so it looked like she was the murderer. Like, he planned all this out. And you weren't supposed to know that. So, he, yeah. And, of course, narcissists look like wonderful, normal, charismatic people when you don't really know who they are. I agree. So, to I me, just, it I, made I sense. Think, like, I think what EY and I are saying is, like, at the even just at the end, if he did, like, a villain monologue... that would have satisfied me on this okay well to me all of that goes away when your movie is called double jeopardy because (laughs) there's no sort of tension like you you know it's all in the movie's title unfortunately i i I just and explain twice (laughs) um it was all just loosely held together the the end well, before we get uh, to the end, can uh, we t- can we just rewind just real quick and talk about his quote unquote supposed murder of his wife? What he did to her? The girlfriend? No, no, Ashley Judd. Oh, when in, he when in he the New Orleans uh, cemetery. Yeah, he hits her head in mm-hmm. the New Orleans cemetery, stuffs her in the mausoleum in a coffin, but left her there with a lighter and a loaded gun. Yeah. Yeah. Also, finding an open, a random open mausoleum in New Orleans, one, is nearly, nearly impossible. And then there just happens to be an empty coffin. Oh, it wasn't empty. Well, it wasn't empty. The body was still there. The body was still in there. I yeah. missed that. No, it was still in there. You see, like, the skeleton face, like, with the 
uh, in the lighters like light, but I could actually believe picking the mausoleum because he probably paid that kid to lead her to that mausoleum. That he oh, probably yeah, unlocked. I, I thought that too. like that. I was like, OK, I can explain that away in my head. No big deal. But the fact that he leaves her there without at least checking her pockets for a loaded gun. Well, mm-hmm. Trey, not even that. You think if he was he was going to do all of this, why didn't he actually just kill her? Why yeah. didn't he just strangle her or suffocate her? Like, why go through the effort of leaving any chance, you know, even if she didn't have a gun, to be left in a, in a somewhat old coffin? People still have the potential of of breaking out of of that so i just yeah it was sloppy where they kind of set this whole attitude up in the the beginning of the movie that she can just waltz in and kill him and get away with it Mm -hmm. so i mean at least to me it was frustrating that that didn't happen like she left it open to she just wanted her kid and was going to walk away. Like, not, you know, why not, as she put it, she could kill him in the middle of Mardi Gras, which would have been an awesome scene. It might have been because she didn't actually know where he was, and he wasn't telling her where Maddie was. Yeah. So that might be why she was holding out, why she was like, look, I'm not going to kill you. I just want, I will, I will absolutely walk away. Just give me my kid. And that might have been a bid to actually get him to go along with it. So that she knew where her kid was. If she'd have been like, just, you know, pop, pop the first time she met him, then she, she'd have never found out where her kid was. You can, I, I feel like we can all just do a bunch of what ifs in these <laughs> situations in this movie. Cause I mean, my first thought would be, okay, if you located him at the hotel and he was doing this, this auction and you saw him there, you knew he owned this hotel at that point, why not just contact? the police because they weren't going to believe her yeah but it's him like they can easily or she could have pulled up the obituary at the library or or something like that and easily have proven that it was him you're right no no question she has spent the last six years with no one believing a word she said even like her parole officer who talked to him nobody believed her and i think to her, her best case scenario was getting her child and taking off. And doing it herself. Yeah. And I, I, I think that was it, really. Yeah, I don't know. I, but this I totally movie get it. just it, had it, too many what ifs it did. to yeah. me. And, and, really, it would have um, made more sense to just call police. But, yeah. You know. And I think, for me, I think the final thing was the, because like right before there's like the final confrontation, she actually meets up with Tommy Lee Jones and he believes her and they kind of concoct this elaborate plan to get a confession from him so that they can mm-hmm. like pl- stage her murder by his hand so he can go to jail but what exactly was his confession that he had tried to kill her in no his no? confession was that i buried the problem i took care of it that was it that's all he said that is not a confession i don't think any anything would have held up by this point yeah and i i just i also would have been really disappointed if after you're right after the movie being called double jeopardy and double jeopardy being explained very explicitly twice in the movie if she had just let him go to jail like if she didn't shoot him i would have been really disappointed even when she does shoot him it just ends up being for self-defense yeah so Mm -hmm. it, it just it does kind of completely defeat the purpose of of the name of the movie technically speaking though double jeopardy doesn't just let you get away with murder probably not 
So I think the self-defense is probably the best case scenario. Yeah, I don't think like whenever they were writing this law, they were like, guys, guys, wait. What if (laughs) a husband fakes his death and frames his wife? Do we add a loophole so she can get revenge? Yes? All right, let's write it in. You still have to consider, and and I'm sure because her husband was killed and and the story came out, I'm sure her original sentence was probably expunged or or whatever, but you still have the fact that she caused a couple of thousand dollars in property damage she Mm -hmm. dumped two cars into a lake well tommy lee jones Um, addresses that at the end with just a path like basically just a throw-off comment saying i'll see that you get a full pardon and i think we're just supposed to take that as is yeah (laughs) and and that was you know i i can probably go on with just how i felt like that didn't fit his character yeah it just came across as we really need to end this movie because maybe if this movie was like two and a half hours or or something like that i think it probably in my eyes it probably would have been much better Uh, there's a lot i could say this is i think one of those (laughs) movies that i could probably just go on and on on and on do we want to wrap this up sure so our rating dean if you had to give this movie one between or one to five snl jeopardies what would you give it <laughs> really that like you could have done alex trebek's or sean connery's or shuck it yeah <laughs> shuck it. <laughs> that, it's a little hard because i really do enjoy these type of movies like i'm an avid lover of true crime and mysteries and this had so much of that but also so many what ifs like we talked about and plot holes just stuff that was missing or didn't make sense i would have loved we didn't really get to talk about it but i would have loved a confrontation between libby and angie like yeah we got really no resolution from that other than the fact that nick killed her i would have loved to see libby confront her you know her best friend but yeah <laughs> I enjoyed the movie a lot, but there was just so much that I didn't like about it. I think I will give it a three. SNL Jeopardy is <laughs> okay. a five for me. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the first bit of this movie. I honestly feel like if this movie was slower and, and focused more on the characters like Libby and... You know, Dean, you mentioned her friend um, and some kind of resolution there. Uh, if they focused more of kind of the maybe backstory and, and troubles of Tommy Lee Jones character and and definitely gave more explanation between, you know, Nick's motivation beyond just trying to not get in trouble for embezzling money, which I feel like in the end facing a i don't know four-year prison sentence or having to pay back money would have been much easier um, in the end than this convoluted plot of a movie i just everything to me just fell apart after the the fairy scene just too many what-ifs to the point of of this movie just obviously drove me somewhat crazy and what we got, to me, I wouldn't even say it ended up being a a fun movie in the sense of like it being a thriller or whodunit or, or kind of, you know, 
living up to the expectations of of being double jeopardy of of her just walking up to someone and doing her thing i think it just fails and in all of that a two out of five it's eh, you know i i don't really know what else to to say i guess it's just it wasn't overly enjoyable so yeah two two out of five i did really enjoy this movie for the most part it wasn't one of the best movies i've ever seen it wasn't even one of the best movies of its kind that was coming out in the 90s of you know these kind of detective movies and you know the fugitive on the run trying to prove their innocence like the another movie this reminded me of was the fugitive with harrison ford where he you know escapes and is trying to prove that he didn't kill his wife also with tommy lee jones as a cop who doesn't care it's a better movie too it is it is uh and it is it was the one-armed man but overall, I enjoyed this movie. I like Ashley Judd as an actor. Same with Tommy Lee Jones and Bruce Greenwood. So I thought the cast was good. I wanted, like, I really wanted to give this movie a four, but there were just so many little things that just weren't connecting or making sense or were really all that believable that like a few of them i was like okay whatever but they just they built up to so many over time that i was just it finally got to the end it was like as much as i did like this movie there there was a lot that i just i couldn't suspend my disbelief that much so i i'm with dean on this one i'm gonna give it a three majority of this movie takes place outside of new orleans it does but it, it all accumulates the end uh, in New Orleans. Yeah, and so, it's it's and what what they show of New Orleans is pretty much the touristy part. Which, considering that he was you know running a hotel and she was mm-hmm. visiting New Orleans for the first time, like I kind of like I felt that was believable that this was the New Orleans they would be seeing. So mm-hmm. I thought it was an okay New Orleans flick. Yeah, it was definitely kind of located in bourbon street french quarter area and i think it just showed those areas as they are without being over the top so yeah i mean from that perspective i would say it's well done uh unfortunately i wish there was just more Mm -hmm. i feel like you know i guess it makes sense for not the whole movie not taking place in new orleans considering um the whole hiding your identity aspect but uh it was definitely a a creative place to to run away and and restart your life. And to be fair, they showed more of New Orleans than they did of Seattle or San Francisco. True. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, you know, for the best, I mean, you got your your second lines, your mm-hmm. cemeteries, uh Bourbon Street, French Quarter, or food, Jackson Square like around there. So But I didn't feel like it was too much either. Just, oh no, that's why I think those scenes yeah. like depicted it as it is. It wasn't anything over the top. You didn't get like it wasn't in the middle of Mardi Gras or she didn't run away on a streetcar and hide <laughs> on the top of the Superdome. Stuff Except like that. her like, walking down a crowded Bourbon Street with a cop car flashing its lights right behind her and her not noticing. Or the the horse, the police horse who got spooked by lightning yeah. or thunder. Those horses are that got nerves of steel. Oh They're yeah, immune yeah. To everything. Yeah, so I would say maybe that you know minus some points on that, but I would say bad acting overall, by that horse. <laughs> decent, <laughs> uh, decent depiction. I agree. 
Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to like and review us on your preferred podcast app. You can stay up to date by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Nola Podcast or on Twitter at Nola. Suggestions and feedback, positive or negative, can be sent to us directly at Podcast at gmail.com. Oh, shit. I, <laughs> this happens every time. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, guys. All right. <laughs> we need to. Am I starting again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. One, two, three.